It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled Crappy Solutions, originally aired on Patreon on December 17th of 2020. Enjoy! Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. There we go. Now you just got to plug and unplug your headset again. I'm working on getting plugged in. Hang on. <laughs> can you hear me? I can. Okay, we're on. So, yeah. What'd you have for dinner? Steak and baked potato. A steak and a baked potato? Yep. That doesn't sound too bad. We had uh, yep. loaded baked potatoes the other night for dinner. That's what I had... Uh couple of nights ago do you do you put them in the oven and cook them first and then peel everything out or do you oil them and then put salt all over them and then put them in the oven for at 350 for about an hour and then take them out cut them in half and then take everything out of them then mix your butter and your sour cream and your cheese in there and your onions or chives whatever you want then load it back up and then put bacon or put uh uh cheese back on top of it and put, put it back in the in the oven and let it brown no those are called twice baked potatoes okay yeah i do twice baked. okay yep no i i start off uh i cook mine out <clears throat> so i i do the oiler butter and salt on the skin mm -hmm. wrap them in the foil and put mm -hmm. them on the grill and then okay when they're done just you know cut them open mash them up a bit and add all the toppings piled on top of it yep you know Put barbecue on there good old-fashioned uh Easy style. None yep. of the fancy twice bacon stuff. <laughs> yep. Put uh uh like uh either a pulled pork or a shredded barbecue beef brisket. Put it on there and then put you some sauce on top of it. Pretty damn good. I used to do those um back in the day. I would get them from Jason's Deli because they have like these freaking monstrous sized potatoes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would order a, a loaded baked potato, and then I would order a side of their Southwest chicken chili, and I'd pour mm -hmm. that on top of it. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, pretty good. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about food, because, you know, we no, both just we got just done ate. eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, yep. We kind of had like a, like a, pasta with a uh, Italian sauce, red sauce kind of stuff. It was a uh, black bean pasta and a chickpea pasta mix with sauteed red bell peppers and onions or well, technically leeks and um, some impossible crumbles grilled up in there and then steamed broccoli. And then all of it mixed together with a homemade red sauce. That'd be good. It's pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. it I'm good. probably going to regret the pasta later though. <laughs> yeah. Beans. Mm. I got some black bean spaghetti. I got to try. I keep telling my wife, I'm going to fix that. No, you're not. I said, okay. <laughs> it's not bad actually. Um, there's a lot of different pasta alternatives and stuff. Oh, out there, so. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad mm -hmm. at all. You got to watch some of them though. Cause there's some of them. If you cook them too long, they disintegrate. 
And then there's other ones that will like the instant they're out of the water, they just stick to each other and they don't let go. Um, so you can, you can have some troubles depending on the styles, but yeah. So anyhow, put you just a tablespoon of when you're boiling them, put you a couple tablespoons of olive oil in there and see if that'll help keep them from sticking together so bad. Yeah. Well, and again, it depends on what it's made out of and the brand is kind of what I found. Cause some of them don't stick at all. Oh, well, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, we are here to talk about poop, poop and bees. Yep. Poop and bees. So I have an excerpt or an excerpt mm-hmm. from the article. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I thought I did. Somehow it's now on people also view. Uh, all right. So this is, uh, for those of you who may not have caught it, this is an article that popped up just a couple of days ago on December 11th. And it is all about honeybees finding a new defense mechanism against the giant Asian hornets. And these uh, honeybees. Well, so if you want to be really specific, it is <laughs> Apis serrana, which okay. is the Asian honeybee. So it's not okay. Apis mellifera. It's not the honeybee that we're used to. It's not right. the European honeybee. Um, so it says, for the first time, honeybees, Apis serrana, have been documented using tools, specifically animal dung, to defend their colonies in Asia. This phenomenon is the focus of new research from Wellesley College Associate Professor of Biological Sciences, Heather Matilla, and her colleagues, whose findings were recently published in the journal Plus One, P-L-O-S-O-N-E. Uh, says, it goes on to say, I'll just read this quick little thing here, and then then we'll, we'll chat about this. But uh, Matilla and an international team of researchers observed that to defend themselves against the giant hornet, Vespa Sororor, Soro, Soro, murder Soror. hornet. <laughs> well, it's not, it, it's, not it's a cousin to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. In an effort to defend themselves against the giant hornet attacks, which can wipe out whole colonies, honeybees mm-hmm. forage for animal feces and apply it in spots around the entrance of their nests. Giant hornets were then repelled by the feces covered entrances, limiting their ability to be able to mount a deadly group attack. This has been called fecal spotting and this unique use of dung as defined as a defensive tool is a behavior that had not previously been seen from any honeybee species. It is a response to the tremendous predatory pressure honeybees are facing when confronting the giant hornets. And then uh, in quotes, not only have we documented the first example of tool use by honeybees in nature, but the act of foraging for feces itself is another first for honeybees, says Matilla. So we will uh, we will leave it there. If anybody wants to read more specifically about it, there are tons of articles out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it has it has made its rounds around the internet for sure. Um, one of the things that I do think is a little bit interesting is they they do have a picture on here of honeybees doing this, but the bees in the picture look like Apis mellifera, not Apis serrana. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows on that one? Um, but yeah, so bees have went out and gathered some poop and, uh, you know, used a crappy situation to uh, create a wonderful solution. <laughs> so are you saying that we as beekeepers 
are going to have to carry a little bucket of poop around. You're going to have to go to the chicken pen before you go out and work your bees and gather up chicken dung and then wipe it on the front of the bee of the bee porch, <laughs> the no. entrance. Well, no, 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 no. get a giant Asian hornet. No, 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 no. So again, <laughs> this is, this is one of those situations where the bees have decided to do this. Now there's a couple things in the article that I question a little bit, um, mm -hmm. because they say that it is the first time that the bees have been documented as using a mm -hmm. tool. And that's a big thing because it's an insect using a tool, but the tool is they're foraging and gathering and bringing back something that they use or that they need and use it for another purpose. And in reality, they already do this behavior when it comes to propolis and all the different resins and saps that they get from trees. They specifically go select individual types of pollen and sap, or not pollen, sorry, individual types of resins and saps from the trees that in mass quantities could actually be toxic to the bees, but they select just the right quantities, just the right mixtures. They combine them together and they create propolis and they use that, you could say, as a tool because not only do they coat the inside of their hive with it and glue everything together, they will use it to mummify uh, intruder that gets in there, like say a mouse gets in there and they kill it, but the mouse is too big for them to drag out. So they will actually completely mummify it by covering it in propolis. They will also narrow down and close off the entrances and other areas by creating these giant leathery looking walls of propolis and wax mixed together. And I would say that that in and of itself is kind of a use of a tool because they're using something else to, you know, do the same concept as the poop in this case. So the novel part of it is that we know that they go and, and we've documented, obviously, that they, they do the resins, they do the saps, they do pollens, they do water, they do nectar, they do all these other things. But most of the the specific situations are all revolving around plant matter of one kind mm -hmm. or another. And this is the right. first time that they've ever been documented gathering something that is not plant matter. So they're gathering animal feces and it's varying types of animal feces and bringing it back to the colony and then using that to coat kind of uh, in little splotches around the entrance and around the landing board. And so that's what makes it kind of novel is that they, they've come up with a way to do this. Um, to go back to what you said, though, if we did it thinking that we're being smart and clever, we would probably piss the colony off because the entrance would stink they'd and they leave. didn't want it to and they would leave and they would abscond, right? <laughs> uh, you know, these beekeepers that are new parents, they got dirty diapers. They could carry a whole dirty diaper out there and I guarantee you that'll run a hornet off. Well, see, so there is some, <laughs> some of the article does talk about specifically, they're not sure if it is just flat out the smell covers up the scent of the hive or if mm -hmm. there are specific attributes like if the bees are specifically selecting feces that has mm -hmm. attributes that are adverse to the hornet that purposefully chase the hornet away because the hornet avoids that scent or that smell so there is a lot of intelligence going on with what they're actually doing here oh, yeah. and, and how they're using it. And that it, it just goes to further show how eerily, eerily intelligent the bees are and can be. And oh, it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's the aliens. <laughs> it's your alien bees. <laughs>
Yep. It's aliens in them. Um, by the way, <laughs> Rachel was very much not impressed with how your alien bees messed up the recording of your recipe <laughs> for your fruitcake. <laughs> I know. Oh, gracious. Well, but we did start this episode off talking about food and yeah, uh, the, you know, we're, we're working on these concepts for next year on uh, little, little segments within the, the episodes themselves. And Rachel had brought up a uh, kind of as a joke that it would be like, we need to do a whole other spinoff on like Ken's kitchen and uh, all of your cooking escapades and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about it earlier today and uh, we may try to go through and work that in and see if we can, uh, if we can get that to, you know, be something that might be reoccurring as just a little small segment inside, you know, one of the, the regular episodes next year where we can do a little Ken's kitchen corner and, and get a recipe from you on something that you've done honey related. So that's a theory that is a working theory at the moment. That'd work. We can do that. That ain't no big deal. I just got to work on some pork to get some. Oh, I'm making uh summer sausage smoked summer sausage with jalapeno jack in them it's pork and venison with uh, i use legs summer sausage mix and then i'm mixing the jalapeno jack high heat cheese into it and then we'll roll them into balls and or into logs and smoke it and then put it in the oven and finish it off in the oven (laughs) no baby no honey in it but I'll be making yeah, that, breakfast sausage for long, so have to have honey uh, and biscuits and uh, breakfast sausage. Well, but honey and biscuits, those are side items. That's not part of the recipe. So your your challenge, if we do that other segment, will be it has to be a honey-related recipe. Oh, that's easy. You we'll say make chocolate that. chips. We'll make chocolate chip cookies with, with honey. Uh-huh. You say mm-hmm. that. You're going to have to try all your recipes before you give them to listeners. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Uh, anyhow. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, so I still don't know how I found my Gmail. <laughs> you, you logged in. I didn't put it in there. No, you did too. I put it in, I put the other one in. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I didn't found my Gmail. So no, they didn't find it. You signed up twice is what happened. No, I guess. Hey, Milam. Mm, 56. Yeah. So, okay. So just to show you, you have an account that is actually under your name. Mm-hmm. It's under Ken Milam, just straight mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. then I have a KW Milam. Well, but the KW Milam 56 mm-hmm. is what you're logged in as. But the original one that you and I set up is Ken Milam. <laughs> okay. Don't give me a line. I don't know how you did that either. It's uh, one of them wonderful little tricks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like how you were sending private messages to people during the live episode. And I was like, what? <laughs> how do you do that? That doesn't, it's not a thing that oh, I can do on no, this side. Just send them. Yeah, there's no telling with that sometimes. Mm. So anyhow, um, yeah, so to to wrap this back around to the poop. Um Yeah, let's let's get to talking poop again. Yeah, you know, why not? So <laughs> one of the ways that uh the hornets themselves find well, they find the colony obviously by following the bees and and by picking up the pheromones and the scent. And once they do locate the actual nest, the hive they will mark it and they will leave little pheromone marks on the side of the hive or around the entrance of the hive. And then that will help alert the other hornets 
where that location is and then they can mount their you know their massive assault on the colony and and kill them all but the bees have already learned that they can go out if they catch the single hornet when the hornet first lands and mm-hmm. and is uh you know leaving those markers if they catch the hornet ball up on the hornet cook it and kill it they will also then turn around and they will go find those little pheromone markers and they scrub them off and they remove them and cover them up so then those little signals and markers are no longer there. So this whole finding the feces that has just the right pheromone signatures and the scent and everything to repel them is just yet mm-hmm. another step in that same direction of, of all these crazy things that they can do. And it still goes back to like communication, right? We know that they do the waggle dance and we know they communicate through pheromone and they know, we know oh, they yeah. communicate through vibration. Mm-hmm. But the specific level of communication needed for one bee to tell the other bees, hey, mm-hmm. this substance over here has the perfect pheromone signature to chase away those nasty monsters. We should try this. And then not only that, but hey, everybody, get it and smear it around the front of the hive and put it in little piles here and there all over the front entrance of the hive. Like that is some serious communication going on. And we don't understand how that works because the dance only tells you where to go find the substance, but yet they use that dance to indicate home site, the quality of a home site, food sources, water sources, apparently fecal sources, like all of these things are still communicated with the dance. And the only thing we can decipher from the dance is direction and distance and quality. That's it. We don't know how they actually come up with the rest of this stuff and how that actually works. And it's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's fascinating. That's the mothership. Mothership's <laughs> working on it. Yeah. It's uh it really is kind of a kind of a bizarre, bizarre thing. There's it's almost as if there is some other form of language and communication that happens on some level that we are completely unable to detect or perceive. Yep. I don't know. That's gonna be a be pretty wild. We're gonna be out there. And well, first off, I don't think us down south, although they got the hornets in Vietnam, and that's warm and humid. Yeah, but that's a, gonna, that's what I was saying. That's the cousin to. That's not the one that they found here. Right, but it but it's it's a cousin to it. So, and it eats bees too. So yeah, I don't know. We're just gonna have to watch. I mean, we got varroa mites. We got the new mite coming. Now we got the greater Asian, uh, bee killing hornets coming, maybe hopefully they killed all that nest out up, up in Washington state. And let's see what else we got. We got dung carrying bees. So now how do they know which, okay. Uh, when they come out, do they say, okay, you're going to be a dung care carrier. Well, they're a forager. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a forager. So your foragers, and I don't know why I'm answering this question seriously, considering (laughs) how you posed that, but, um, they're a forager bee, and so they they shift their tasks based on what is needed. So one of the things that you will notice sometimes is, is bees will forage for pollen first thing in the morning, and then they'll forage for mm-hmm. nectar usually a little bit later in the day. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've burned through all the protein sources, feeding the larvae and feeding the colony overnight. So they go back and they recoup that, you know, immediately first thing. But then mm-hmm. they will shift their, their activities, and they may say, hey, we need water. We, instead of going and getting pollen, I need you to go get water. And instead of going and getting this, I need you to go get that instead. And they can they can make those shifts. And again, 
communication. They are somehow communicating this needs to be done and and they will switch and do that. If you provide them with uh, like a liquid food source, like a sugar syrup, mm-hmm. since how that is there, mm-hmm. they don't need to focus on that, especially if they're a smaller colony. Well, now we've got this steady supply of incoming food in a liquid form. So we're going to divert our small forager force to go find mm-hmm. just pollen because we've got plenty of sugar, you know, like they will, they will make those adjustments and they will do them. I was going to say on the fly, but that also sounds a little, uh, <laughs> on the nose. Um, they will do it, you know, just kind of, <laughs> now I'm coming up with just random things like at the drop of a hat. Um, but again, it, it all comes back to me to communication and it's, uh, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's fascinating. We know they can identify shapes and colors and they can be trained just like a mouse can in a lab where you go through and if they continually get rewards, they will associate the reward with that shape, symbol, color, and then they will follow that pattern no matter where you put it. They know that that means they're going to get food and you can rearrange the maze and do all this other stuff. And every time they will find the right answer because they know that that's the one that gives them the food source, the reward. So you're talking about an insect that is now at the very least on the level of a mouse, as far as the intelligence of a maze. But then you put in the fact that now they're using tools and that puts them on the level of higher mammals and primates almost because raccoons will use a tool. uh, Otters will use a tool. Monkeys use tools, Mm -hmm. but we don't really hear about insects using tools. And the, the other thing that you kind of have to like in my brain, because I I keep thinking tool and I think, Oh, hammer. Right. But Mm -hmm they're not they're using a foreign substance to accomplish mm-hmm. something to to act like a barrier or a fence yeah it's crazy <laughs> do you figure the other bees kind of shun oh you're a dung bee we're out of here <laughs> probably not <laughs> okay. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no on that one. <laughs> oh, i'm not dressed to meet the queen <laughs> i'll quit no, you're fine. I was wondering if I tried to log into the system twice, if I would crash it. Mm-hmm. Apparently not. Hmm. I don't know. I was trying to find mm-hmm. where these magical seven messages are. Cause now it says you have seven new messages and I'm like, no, now we, we don't. Seven messages. Yeah. There's nobody else on here to be sending messages. So I don't know. I don't know where yeah. I think it's having a glitch today. Well, yeah. You know, it wouldn't let me in at first. Yeah. That was also uh, weird. It sent you the link from our live listener Q and a, Mm-hmm. instead of instead of the link for the bonus episode which was odd and so i mm-hmm. and i copied it out of the bonus episode so i had to close it all and redo it but at least it worked the second time yeah second time it worked that time I don't, maybe it, I, I don't show nothing from uh from uh i don't have anybody says they're sending messages so i don't see that one see like i can send a message and now it says there's eight messages because i sent one and said sup <laughs> yeah, um but uh yeah what, i don't know either that what a that's what, uh, uh, that's no, it's zub zub. That's what, uh, <laughs> European bees say. Ours say buzz. Yeah. yeah. Ours say zub, buzz zub. buzz and theirs say zub zub. Yeah. What are what yeah. Asian bees say? Uh, probably the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the same thing. Okay. Zub zub or buzz buzz. Yeah. Zub buzz. Yeah. Buzz up. Buzz up, man. <laughs> yeah, that worked. Uh, 
Oh. Also. Oh. What? Oh. Well. Well. We haven't. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and since how this is a crappy episode, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. This is one of those things that um, I can't say on the main segment because oh, okay. you know it's uh, well, it just wouldn't be good to put out there in the public. Okay. I can put it out there behind a paid wall, but I don't want to put it out there just for the masses. And what I also don't want to, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings either. So what are we talking about? Do you remember, I told you that there was a gentleman that wrote a children's book about bees and wanted us to review it. Yeah. I remember a long, long time ago. Yeah. Well, like two weeks ago, it wasn't that yeah, long ago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it came in, mm -hmm. I reviewed it mm -hmm. and I, it wasn't a good review. Oh no. <laughs> so because it stung kids. No, 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 no. Swarm? No, no, no. Okay. It was it was everything any rational, normal beekeeper would hate about the bee movie, the cartoon. Mm -hmm. It was all of it. All of the things. So <laughs> And here's my here. Okay. So here, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's horribly inaccurate. It's mm -hmm. a boy bee who's talking to his father. And with the exception of the queen, pretty much every character in the book, I think there was maybe two female nurse bees in the back of one picture. Um, <laughs> but pretty much everybody in the book is male. So that's horribly uh, inaccurate right there. That's inaccurate and, as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And then bees already have jobs. But instead of yeah. using those job titles and those duty titles, I said duty. <laughs> I know. I heard it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing, but I thought it. I, I had to just because of the title of the episode, you know, so I'm, I'm sticking yeah. with the theme. Um, Poop. Poop. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the theme. Yeah. So just like instead of using those titles, the author created their own. So they had a business bee and they had a farmer bee and they had farmer a bee. army army bee army and bee. a soldier bee and like it was it was ridiculous it, it was just flat out ridiculous especially considering a farmer bee is a forager and forager already mm -hmm. exists why make up a new name for it an army yep. or soldier bee would be a guard bee and the guard bees don't go out and do what this bee was doing anyway but the whole thing was just, it was all topsy-turvy, helter-skelter. It was all wrong. And so from that perspective, the answer is no. But <laughs> on the other side of it, this individual author wants to take 20% of the proceeds and give them to charitable organizations that help promote either education or help to save bees and pollinators, right? Mm -hmm. And the two organizations that were initially selected conveniently mm -hmm. enough, was the Healthy Hive Foundation, which is owned by Michaela Omer, the Me and the Bees Lemonade, that Michaela. Right. And Hives for Heroes, which okay. are both conveniently things that are associated with the Hive Jive. Mm -hmm. And I found that a little bit too perfect. And so I had to actually do deeper research on the whole thing to figure out if somebody was, you know, yanking our chain and just telling us what we wanted to hear so that we would promote their stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm talking about it, but I'm talking about it on a paid episode behind a paywall, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so then I became torn because we have a signed copy of this book that we could give away 
and we could promote the book on the main segment because the proceeds from the book are going to a good cause. But on the flip side of that, I mean, yeah, you and I goof around and, and get off topic and have a lot of, you know, entertainment mixed in with the education. But the whole point of the podcast is education and oh, yeah. accuracy. And this book mm -hmm. is anything but accurate from a bee's perspective. And I did like as politely as possible tell the author, here's the good things. And it was a paragraph. And then unfortunately, here's the bad things. And it was like an entire page. The rest of the book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I followed it up with now, however, if you wanted to keep the same concept and the same story, you could change these key things. Even your main character could even stay as a boy without screwing the rest of it up. And, but you change everybody else to female and, you know, by doing that, you know, that would rectify some of these things. And then here's your concept. And then this is why it doesn't work where you had it originally. Like the whole point of the original story was that all this bee wants to do is dance and mm -hmm. their colony doesn't allow dancing, which again, incorrect. One of the two primary <laughs> forms of communication that bees do. Um, so like, there's just all these things in there. And I was like, well, but if you left it as a boy, you made everybody else girls, then the boy truly would be an outcast if the boy wanted to dance because we all know drones don't do shit. <laughs> There's that term again. Um, so, yeah, you know, but it, I really like, man, I'm stumped. And and he said, well, I, I really appreciate it. And he said, honestly, you're not the first person who's brought up the B movie and said how horrific it was and why, you know, most beekeepers hate it and all the things that was wrong with it. And I, I definitely see that now in, in what I did. But the unfortunate thing for him is it's already published. It's already out there. It's a physical thing. There is no turning back or changing it at this point, you know. And he goes, but if you could still, you know, I know that you may not be able to do this, but if you could still give it away on the show or something, maybe some kid would get it and enjoy it. And then maybe that would spark their interest in bees and they would go on to learn all the right things down the road. And I was like, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what to yeah. do. Oh. I don't know either. Maybe we can give it away here on Patreon. That'll work. Because everybody just got to hear me thrash it. And mm -hmm. so they would know that it is not an accurate portrayal. And they could go into it knowingly without me having to say, you know, on the air to the whole world. <laughs> this book is horribly inaccurate and therefore I cannot promote it. Am lazy damn drones. He didn't know that they were lazy damn drones and uh, he made them into something that they, uh, they ain't. And yeah. Well, it, there wasn't again, other than the queen and two nurse bees in a picture in the background, there were no female bees represented in the entire book. Yep. Yeah. Oh no. We'll give it so, away. So it's kind give of a little sexist now. too. And that give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah. Yep, give um, it away. So, okay. Well, Hey, <laughs> there you go. So now we put, we have a, a holiday giveaway, I guess on, uh, yep. on Patreon for the bonus episodes yep. as well. Um, what are you, what do you got to do to uh, enter in a chance to win a book? After we, once they win it, they have to, to write a <laughs> book report and send it to us. Then we'll, well, that's forwarded <laughs> on to him. A book that's report. After, How's that? That's after the fact. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's after somebody wins it. But what do they have to do to win it? 
to win it. Caller number seven right now at the Hive Jive yep. can win right. a free copy of this book. Oh, yeah. wait, nobody can hear us at the moment because we're recording <laughs> this instead of broadcasting <laughs> live. Somebody's messaging you. <laughs> it does say 10 new messages down there now. That's really messing with me. 10? Damn. Yeah. It just keeps going up. But I, I, I think the system has like got some some glitch mm. or some error. It showed, me, it showed a whole bunch of, of live on my end when I, when it was telling me to go look at some, you know, find the, find the, the live broadcast. And it was showing me other that were related to the hive jive. I might enjoy. And, Oh, no, I just want to get on air. <laughs> You're like, I'm just trying to get in my own room. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've been picking pecans all day and cracking and shelling pecans. Well, you also went to Mason, didn't um, you? Yeah, I went to Mason and field feeders and and a hitch drive over there. Deer feeders, oh, by the way, not bee feeders. Deer feeders. Deer feeders. Yeah, deer feeders. And this drive over there. I'm gonna have to. Well, it's it's we don't winter get any time. Rain. I gotta get. I gotta get my pump froze. I didn't have it. I don't know why it froze, but. So now I've got to get, get my pump guy in there and I have him fix that. And then I got to get water for the animals over there. I'm hauling water right now. So I'll be back over there next week. And, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. Uh, kind of sounds like no running water. There's no tanks. There's no ponds. I don't know if there's plenty of close around. I know there's some close within a mile or so, but uh, nothing on my property. Right now, that's liquid. So bees are going to have to work for, unless it starts raining. Yeah. Well, luckily, you don't have any bees out there right now anyway. Not yet. Nope. So. Yet. We'll wait. But it is good that you're paying attention to this because now you can kind of have an idea what really goes on out there in the different seasons and mm -hmm. what you may have to compensate for or adjust. Yeah. I may have to put animal dung out if we get hornets. <laughs> no. The bees no. will go and find the right oh, one. Yes, on their own. <laughs> That's kind okay. of like the whole concept of of protein powder. Like we yeah. put out protein powder in a feeder that is external from the hive, so that if the bees need the specific resources found in that powder, they will go forage for it and get it. But yep. we're not forcing them to take it by shoving it nope. inside their colony where they don't have a choice. No. Nope. No, that's right. kind of your poop scenario right there. You don't need to yeah. shove it in their face. Let them go get it if they want it. And if they want it, they'll dang sure go get it. And if they don't find that, they'll go steal it off the chickens. Maybe. They get in their chicken and the and the egg, the layer crumbles, and they just go to tumbling in there and then fly off, getting the protein all over them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dust from the chicken feed. Yeah. Yes. I thought yeah. you were still talking about chicken poop. Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, they got to get protein of some sort and feed the babies. That's right. And they will absolutely yep. do that in the, in the winter months, um, late winter coming into spring. There's no pollen out there for them. They will, they will go to your feeding. Like, uh, the lady at the organic farm raises chickens and does organic eggs. And, um, you know, late winter every year they're out there in her feed shed where there's dust and stuff from all the bags of feed <laughs> and they're just having a good old time. Well, it's like, uh, you know, the guy that's called me several times called oh, me last year. Yeah. The, the, the uh, feeding the, the troughs. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's slop that he's feeding. 
but they come, I said, well, they're coming to the suite. They're coming to the feed and they're coming for the liquid. Oh, yep. I said, it's wet. Oh yeah. It's wet, wet feed. Yes. They're coming for the liquid. They're coming for the suite and they're coming for the protein. You got it all set up for them. <laughs> well, there's just too many bees. My hogs can't even get around it. And he's out there with a pear burner, burning them, killing bees off somebody, some beekeeper killing the foragers off some beekeeper and a beekeeper is wondering why his uh colonies are cratering yeah, yeah if crazy. anybody doesn't have any idea what we're talking about somewhere i think it's mm -hmm. a main segment episode there's an episode called moral dilemmas <laughs> yeah. and that story is fully recounted in that episode mm -hmm. and we're i mean we're coming up on the time of year where you know that's going to be a thing again so it'll be interesting yep. to see if he did anything, made any changes or anything like that, or if he's calling you again and how that all works out. Come vacuum these bees up, take them, put them in your deal. Oh, I don't want to start a fight. I <laughs> know I don't need them. <laughs> Just leave them alone. Well, my pigs can't even get in. They're so thick. My pigs can't even get to the trough. Okay. <laughs> See, I kind of wonder what that would actually be like, though, because a pig is notorious for eating anything, yeah. and wild boar can be bit by a rattlesnake, and they'll still eat the damn snake. So oh, yeah. I wonder if bees really would pose that big of a problem to a mm. hog. I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't think it'd bother their snout. They dig in the dirt, and there's all kinds of rocks and flint. And, you know, I don't know. I ain't never seen a snout that's... A snoot, a snout that's all Snooty cut up snout. because of the flint. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Nah, don't get me to lying. So no, I need to go out there and look and see what's going on. My niece, she was even talking about the bees at their place, uh, coming to the slop. And I told them why she said, well, we don't do nothing. We don't kill them. I says, good. I says, I'll, I need to move traps out there this spring. <laughs> <laughs> if you got that many bees, I need traps out there. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not a horrible idea. It's not going to do anything about the feed, but it is a good indicator that there are colonies nearby mm -hmm. and that could be a good area to bait with swarm traps for, for spring. Again, yep. not going to help the, the farmers at all, <laughs> nope, but it will all. help you if a swarm issues from wherever that colony is and you happen yep. to catch it, then you can take that home. Yep. Yes, sir. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I need more bees and I ain't going to buy them this year. I'll buy Queens and re and requeen the, the colonies, the swarms, but, uh, and, uh, I may let some of them sit and see how aggressive they are before I requeen them just to see how aggressive they are. Because we had one swarm this year. It probably was one of the swarms that, uh, that I don't know, probably one of my, my bunches of bees that left, but they wasn't aggressive at all. In fact, they still aren't. They're out there and one of Maxi Maxi caught them and, uh, we didn't do nothing with them. And that's a laying queen. I don't know if her, if she's, you know, part feral bee, I don't know, but it, they're not aggressive. They're not a, they're not a, like a feral bee. They're not an aggressive bee at all. So I don't know. Yeah, well, there's, there's plenty of them out there that aren't. 
Um, it's yeah. just more about the time of year sometimes because when there are no food stores available, the bees are far more easily agitated than otherwise. When mm-hmm. there's the main nectar flows going on, most mm-hmm. colonies are just, they don't care, whatever, we're busy. Yeah. High five when you open them up. They high five you. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, well, but I do know chin. that you you did say you need more bees, and I disagree with that. We've no, already had I didn't that say I need more bees. I, I I will catch more swarms. No, you said and... I need more bees, but I'm not going to buy any. I'll do splits and catch them. But you don't need more bees. You need strong, healthy colonies. Yeah, I didn't say I was going to do splits, though. I'm only I'll catch. Well, I might do some splits. Doubtful, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. I'm probably going to lose. I don't know. It's getting awful late to be some mixing, but I don't know. I'm waiting for a warm day to go look at that bunch, but I'm not going to open them up for until we get a warm day. i got two hives I should have mixed but I, or combined, but I didn't. Two colonies. But I didn't. So we'll just see. They're in an eight-frame box. And uh, they got plenty of food. They got a lot of bees, and I think they'll make it as long as it doesn't get just, you know, down in the teens for days. I think they'll be all right. And I've got plenty of stores, you know, honey and frozen over there. I've got plenty to put in their colonies. So if there's enough food in the box and there's enough bees in the box, as you just Mm -hmm. said, then why would you be worried about them? Anyway, because you've got me that way. I did not get you that way. <laughs> I just, <laughs> anyway, you, I just, you combine colonies when they are weak, if they don't have any food or they're not very big and they probably can't keep themselves warm, then it's better to combine them. But if you've got one that has plenty of bees and plenty of food, then it should be plenty okay to make it through the winter. Oh, I think they both make it through the winter. This, uh, one of them was the rock hive. And, uh, he did a, you know, we did split off of that and they, he let them raise a queen and then he put a queen in there and they killed her and then Ray, then they had to raise more. So they were without bees for a couple of months, you know, without a laying queen in there. And so they just, I don't know, I should have put them in a five frame nuke box, but I think there's enough bees in there and I think there's enough food and, and I need to go over there cause I didn't pull the medium. I had a medium sitting on top and, uh, of the brood box and I didn't pull that medium off. So I'm waiting on a warm day to go over there and pull that medium, make sure now if there's food in that medium, do I just leave it or do I open up the brood box and move it down to there or what? Well, it depends on what you find. If if you've got one frame of food in the medium box, just get rid of it all. Okay. If you've got seven out of the eight frames are all solid food, well, then leave it. Okay. But again, that, that just all depends. If you're really worried yeah. about them possibly not being able to keep it warm enough, though, insulate it. I could do that or just put a, put a block on put a wind block on it, too. Yeah, That'd put a wind block a on it. Okay. You put a wind block around yeah. it or, or insulate it so that it helps hold the heat in and the cold out. Um, you know, those are all ways that can be done. Yeah. And ultimately if they go out there on a warm day and you check them and the population isn't very big and you've got Mm -hmm. another one that's population isn't very big, then go ahead and combine them together. 
I've got two. I've got one bunch of Russians and in that uh, rock hive. And the Russians, when I open them, I think there's enough bees in there. It's two or three frames of bees and same on the rock hive and, you know, deep frames of bees. And I don't know. I know there should be five or six frames of bees. They both got plenty of food. So I'm just going to sit back and see what happens, I guess. Unless we get a good warm day. You know, I just go out there and pull the queen out of the Russian and. No, uh, you go check and see if anything actually needs to be done. (laughs) Okay. We don't start by pulling the queen out before we even know what's going on. (laughs) Okay. Goofy man. But yeah, that's, that's your first task on a nice warm day. Go check and see, do they have enough bees? Do they have enough food? If so, leave them alone, maybe insulate them. If they don't, then you can combine them, but you have to check the other colony and you have to see which of the two colonies is doing better comparatively between the two of them. And that's the queen you keep. Okay. Sounds good to me. Well, good. Well, on that note, I'm pooped. (laughs) Well, bees would be hauling you off. I didn't say I pooped. I said I'm pooped. There's a difference. Oh, oh, okay. You're tired. Oh, you're tired. Okay. Oh, gracious. Again, I, you know, just had to keep it in with the theme for the title of the show. Uh, I won't go. I was fixing. Yeah, we just got to keep it. No, we don't need to keep it there. <laughs> well, you know, this whole episode was in the sewer, so it's all good. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Uh, only thing is, uh, that we haven't talked about is we do have a vaccine. Hopefully we see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel, but I got a feeling it's going to be later part of this fall or even winter before Everything looks better. You, so you do know thing. Christmas is next week, right? Fall's oh, long gone. Yeah, I know that. I know that. <laughs> there is no fall. Fall's over. No. Oh, not only fall 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying like later part this year. I'm like, dude, the oh, year's over, no, man. No. 2021. <laughs> and see, they're already, oh, our, our, our family, families in UK can keep us posted uh, on this cause they already taken, uh, shots over there. So, uh, in fact, when we were, when we had the live, I was wanting to ask cause I think they had, they were taking their shots then when we had, did the live, I think they were talking about already taking shots in the UK then. Yeah. But everybody is doing it in a prioritized manner. Oh, I know. Yeah. So it's not open to the general public. No. And no. unfortunately won't be until, you know, at the very least, I think maybe the beginning of the second quarter of next year. Yeah, probably. Yep. First part of June, something like yep. that. Yep. Yes, indeed. But only yep. time will tell. Wear your mask, do the social distancing, people. We don't want the family, any of our family to go away. We got to keep the colony strong. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That That's, that's it. perfect solution right there, everybody. So yep. thank you for tuning in to this bonus episode. The holiday season is on the way. Um, oh, tiny bit, tiny, tiny little last ditch mention uh-huh. here real fast. Um, and then we're closing this sucker out. Okay. Um, for those of you listening in real time, mm-hmm. this episode release date is Thursday, the 17th, and you still have technically two more days to enter for your chance to win one of Ken's fruitcakes. Now, if you're not yes. listening to this in real time, you are just, what it out? SOL, which stands for yep. shit yeah, out of luck, yeah. 
which goes right back into the title of the episode. <laughs> Maybe he's done pooped on you. They dropped a little. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if, if you have not already, go find that post. It's on Patreon. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Find the post with Ken's Fruitcake. Tell us your guilty food pleasure indulgence during the, the 2020 year and uh, enter for a chance to win one of three fruitcakes from Ken. Oh, also, uh-huh. Uh-huh. last, last, last little side Did note. Did you cut the one that I gave you? Had you cut that big one yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's it's actually good. that's oh, part of the good. side note. So, did you know uh-huh. the way to San Jose? No, the oh. the original concept of a wedding cake yeah, actually it's a, it's derived a from a fruit cake. Yeah, yeah, and the the couple is supposed to cut the fruit cake together and feed mm-hmm. each other the fruit cake so that they can be fruitful and prosper in their new relationship. Okay. Both with kids and, and money and everything. So mm-hmm. our traditions today of wedding cakes and cutting the wedding cake and all that, it's not a fruit cake, but that's where it all actually evolved from was from the fruit cake. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you knew that <laughs> you are kind of, you know, you get into your fruitcake madness madness. So, uh, Oh, like I said, like I told, I've got books from the 1800s cookbooks from the 1800s it tells you okay for this recipe this cake you need to put three logs in the firebox <laughs> oh right right yeah there was no such thing as like ovens and stoves they and, yeah. did not have temperature gauges huh and you don't know you don't know how hard it is to sit there and figure out see i've got a, a, a wood cook stove so i have taken and got it to where you know, put the logs in and get it to the temperature and watch it. Three logs is 350 degrees. Okay. So I can go, you know, if you put two logs, you only add about 280, 290. So you got to put three logs in there. <laughs> now, if you, with this fruit cake, I put 11 in my oven and I'm cooking at 260 degrees for an hour. So. If I was doing it with a wood cook stove, no, we ain't going there. We got to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Y'all be good. Keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. And we'll see y'all next. Will we see them next year or we're going to see them later this year? Ah, We'll see them next Thursday for another bonus episode. We'll see y'all next Thursday, family. Y'all be good. Bye. (laughs) Bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.